When you're acting as your doodle's teacher during training, do you know their learning style? Take our exclusive fun and free quiz to find out at thedoodlepro.com slash learning and make training more fun and successful. On today's episode, you're going to enjoy part two of my interview with author Simone Mueller. This dog trainer is joining us from Germany and discussing her new book, Don't Eat That. In today's part one of our interview, we're going to focus on why some of our doodles can be more genetically predispositioned to scavenging, looking for trash on walks, or finding that chicken wing in the bushes when you're trying to take them on their afternoon stroll. Make sure to catch next week's part two, where she dives into more detail on what works and what doesn't in teaching your dog how to safely be around trash and food that isn't safe for them. Doodle breed dogs are easy to love, but can be challenging to parent. I'm doodle expert Corinne Gearhart, also known as the Doodle Pro, and I'm here to help doodle parents have a more fulfilling and rewarding experience with their doodles. No one has professionally worked with as many different doodle breeds or has more experience with doodles than I have. And I love to share my expertise in a fun, compassionate, and non-judgmental way. From my years of work and education in the pet care and dog training industry, I have an incredible network of skilled training, grooming, and veterinary professionals to share their knowledge with you and give you the doodle-specific answers you're looking for. I hope you enjoy today's episode as I help you parent your doodle like a pro. You might call this doodle Fiona a cavadoodle or a cavapoo, but this week we call her the doodle of the week. Congratulations, Fiona. I have personally been watching Fiona thrive as a student in the Doodle Pro Academy's Zoomies to Zen course. She has the most phenomenal mama who is here to share a little bit about why Fiona is so special. Congratulations. My doodle Fiona, is the best doodle because she is equal parts sweetness and sassiness. She also treats me like royalty because if I'm going to leave one room, she announces my arrival in the other. Either that or she's trying to get rid of anything that might be of danger to me. Either way, she's precious. You have an extra special doodle in your life? Make sure to apply for Doodle of the Week at thedoodlepro.com slash doodle of the week. Let's dive into this episode as it's a great one. And be sure to catch next week's part two of this interview, where Simone walks us through what works and what doesn't when training your doodle not to scavenge unhealthy or dangerous foods or items in the trash or on walks. I am just so thrilled to welcome all the way from Germany, training expert and author of the Predation Substitute series, Simone Mueller. She is here to talk to us about one of her latest books called Don't Eat That. If you have a dog who loves to scarf down what garbage people have discarded or just gets into things that isn't good for them. Simone has some great games and a fabulous approach in her book, Don't Eat That. 
that I'm really excited to share with our listeners. Hello, how are you? Hi, Corinne. Thank you. <laughs> I'm oh, fine for you. Wonderful. I'm so glad that you're joining us from Germany. And I know we have a time difference, so I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoy being here. Love dig into some doodle quandaries that a lot of our doodle parents find. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that retrievers in particular, so we have a lot of golden doodles and labradoodles. The retrievers in particular have a high need for scavenging. Yes, this is a very interesting thing that I came across when I did some research for the book. I didn't know that before. Labradors in particular, but applies for all the Gandok breeds, not all the Gandok breeds, but the Labradors, the Golden Retriever, the Retriever treats, breeds, they have a missing part of a certain gene. And yeah, it's uh, fascinating. Yes, it is. Yeah. This affects appetite and satiety. Is this the right pronunciation? If when they're you... satiated, if they feel full. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And this makes them great assistance and guiding dogs because they can motiv be motivated with treats very easily, where for other treats, you have to become really creative. <laughs> the retrievers, yeah, go with the camel, come bring it on. <laughs> and this also affects their appetite. So this makes it, yeah, like do not feel when they are full, basically. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, is a problem when it comes to scavenging because they feel always hungry. And even if you do not have a dog that has this gene issue, this is also something that I advise my dog owners when they come to me in the very first session, when we talk about the dog in general and we do not do a lot of training yet. I tell them, okay, do the back check that we talked about. And mm -hmm. then from now on, you give it a try to feed your dog a little bit before you go on your walk. It doesn't I have to be... Tip. Yeah. Yeah. It's so when you think about it, most people feed their dogs in the mornings, then they go to work and then they come home mm -hmm. in the afternoon. They take their dog out. And this is the last thing that they do before the next feeding time. So by then, when you take your dog on your walk, they are already quite hungry. And if you feed them a little bit, it doesn't have to be much because we don't want bloat to happen. And uh, right. yeah. So just the palm of your hand. If you give them some carbohydrate, might be ideal, maybe a cookie or some banana chips or whatever. 30 minutes before you take them on their walks, they do not feel hungry anymore. And it might be easier for them to refrain from eating the pizza on the ground. Mm -hmm. when they, yeah. A lot of people go home during lunchtime and either they or they hire a dog walker to take their dog out for a walk at lunchtime. And that's pretty far from breakfast and dinner. Uh, yeah. And that could be setting themselves up to be even more motivated for scavenging. Exactly. Yeah. Just a simple reason they are hungry. Yeah. I forget the scientific term. You might be able to help me of dogs who are drawn to eating forbidden items, including poop. So we have some dogs who are really drawn to that. And that's not something that we want to be putting in our home and giving them a chance to meet that need. But you yeah. have a creative way of training with that too. You mean the poop eating? Yes. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. What is the term for it? I'm trying to think of the scientific like, um, medical form for the condition, but it'll come to me after we're done. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't come up with it now. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. It is still not clear why dogs do that. It might be a gut issue that they are missing some microbiome in their gut. And they try to, especially with young dogs, with puppies, they try to put this good bacteria into their own gut by eating the poo of another animal that already has those bacteria. So getting the good stuff, the good bacteria into their own guts. Other dogs simply like it, <laughs> like the taste. I think it's also different if it's the poo of, for example, horses or sheep mm -hmm. and other dogs, for example, because horse poo, sheep poo has a lot of fermented and uh, grass and vitamins that are very easy to access for mm -hmm. the dog's stomach. So they might put some vitamin B basically into their diet by doing this. Interesting. But on the other hand, it also might be uh, that they simply like the taste. We don't know for sure. And there you can give it a try. Maybe it works. For some dogs, it works. For some, it doesn't. You can try stinky cheese, uh, for yes. example. <laughs> I thought this was clever. Can you give examples of what you listed that could be motivating instead? Yeah. yeah. So stinky cheese is something that you can give a try. Or fermented food also. Sauerkraut, for example. Depends on in which country you live. Cabbage that has been fermented. Lots of dogs really enjoy eating that stinky stuff. And then here again, we have an outlet. So they had it. Mm -hmm. Okay. They didn't have the real stuff, but they had something that came close. And it might be okay for them to not do it again. But as with everything, I always first advise to go to the vet and have it checked because it's not a normal behavior. Uh, it is always a little bit get it checked out. And if your vet says, no, there is no issue, then go on and try to replace it by, um, yeah, stinky cheese for example. Yes. <laughs> and look if it works or not. Yeah. Wonderful. We're joking a little bit about a gross option that dogs could get into. But sometimes, especially if you've been playing the game of they get something forbidden and then you freak out and get scary and they scarf it and swallow whole, a lot of doodles swallow socks, whole underwear, whole. I had this one client, they dropped off and we immediately went for a walk and it was a really rigorous walk. We didn't even come inside. And he was a giant schnoodle. And he starts gagging and I look over and he vomited his mom's underwear whole. Oh. And poor thing, I'm so glad it came that direction instead of obstruction. I have a client, he is an Aussie doodle. He's the best. His name's Keanu and he has a taste for his home's landscaping rocks. It's turned into a game when he was bored. He tossed them around, but then he swallowed a couple of those little rocks and $8,000 Obstruction oh. surgery and even worse was the fear that his family had to go through of losing him yeah. and the risk that was for him. Yeah. I'm also a little bit unsure why 
the dogs show these behaviors. Yeah. My best bet would be that it feels good for them because, yeah, eating feels good <laughs> in general, yes. but especially for a Labrador or a Golden Retriever because they were bred to grab and the next step on, on this ladder is swallowing things down. And when they are excited or when that arousal is high, they go for behaviors that are intrinsically reinforcing, which means they feel good to them. And mm -hmm. here we go. I think the socks smell nice for a dog. Yeah, they're usually um, the dirty socks. That oh, they yeah, they're always the dirty socks. <laughs> the clean ones, they are not attractive. Yes. The dirty underwear, the dirty socks. Yes. This is what the dogs go for. I think it, it feels cozy for them because they smell like you and they want to be close mm -hmm. to you. And uh, yeah, but I, I don't have a real watertight explanation. But what do you think from your experience with these types of dogs? Why do they show this behavior? Sometimes it is similar to what Keanu did, where when Keanu has worked with me, I have landscaping rocks and he doesn't have any desire to play with those. But he's amongst other dogs and he has a lot of like outlets for his energy. And when he was at home and he started doing it bored, his family would rightfully feel like panicked because we just had a surgery for that. We know how dangerous this is. And it became a game of chase and he would scarf and get possessive of them. So I think we can reinforce it when we, oh no, you can, if you swallow that sock, it's dangerous or, oh, that's my underwear. That's gross. Or they get into feminine products in the trash can. So I think we can reinforce it in that way. But so yeah. many, when they're home alone and they don't seem distressed about being home alone, it does just seem innately like satisfying for them yeah. to swallow a soccer underwear on their yeah. own. My yeah. first step is management. Would you do your same protocol just like you do with some of the foods of them? looking to you when they see the dirty sock or whatever and or even identifying to you when you get further and more advanced that it's there do you think a similar don't eat that would work with uh, those kind of items i think for just the situation that you just mentioned your dog goes and grabs an old sock that is lying around in the bathroom and runs through the whole house i wouldn't go for the whole protocol because the core games of the book are really, you need to put energy into training this. It's not something that you can train in one or two sessions and it's a lot of work. You have to really do some expectation management here. It's yes. a lot of work and I wouldn't go for this in the house. I would train a solid swap. That's so that you do a trade, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think this is not that hard to train and it's, it works quite quickly. And your dog should learn that they never lose out, that it always, they get something which is nice for them. And um, I think this would be my go-to, a swap. And not chasing the dog because chasing again is fun. And then they make a game of chase out of it and they want your attention and you chasing them around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what do you think to pet parents that say, if I'm trading or swapping, I've just taught them to go get those forbidden items. I've reinforced them taking those. 
Yes, that's true. For clever dogs, that's true. They learn that, oh, there is a sock on the ground. Let's get the sock and then I get a nice treat. And yeah, it is true. They are clever. And uh, But to be honest, I they then have this expectation of you getting them something so they will not swallow the sock anymore. Yeah, so it is still a win situation. And to be honest, I rather have a dog that is clever and that says cheeky okay i get the sock and then i get my treat <laughs> then having a dog that runs off with a sock and swallows it down as, as, as fast as they can and uh, as you said it's a lot of management close the door <laughs> or <laughs> buy yourself a good bin where you can put in your There's a lid your, your laundry <laughs> yeah. tell your husband to put their socks in the hamper exactly. with the lid. <laughs> <laughs> my, might be the best teacher for your and save your marriage. <laughs> it's hard as with the 13-year-old boys. When we were talking about predation behaviors, how do you see that correlate or different from innately like herding traits? You mean herding for a border collie? Or what yeah, you- we have a lot of Old English sheepdogs and herding mixes in our doodles. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yes. But then a lot of people are really surprised that they're hurting their children and nipping at them. Yeah, I hear this a lot that the yes. sheep dog is now hurting the kids. And I right. say, yeah, they have been bred for this for about 300 years. <laughs> and now we don't want that anymore. So please leave it be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So basically, the, what herding breeds enjoy and what they are bred for is stalking. The stalking mm-hmm. that I just talked about in the stalking yeah. game means uh, in, in border collies, it's called the eye, giving the eye when they intensely watch the sheep. And then we have a chase, which is basically the outrun. The hunting, the predatory behavior was developed into herding behavior. But the underlying emotions that the dog has are still the same. So we can redirect these issues by directing hunting behavior or predatory behavior. So you can use the same kind of method with the herding trait. That's wonderful. That's really helpful. I'm curious, as I'm telling you the trends I'm seeing in the States with doodles, how many different oodles or doodles and what do you see as the trends in Germany? I see not so many, to be honest. I was yeah. in Scotland in 2018 and this uh-huh. was the first time that I saw a cockapoo in reality. <laughs> I said, I'd heard about them, but I have never seen them. And then I was like, well, this is a cockapoo. <laughs> and uh, now in Germany, they are becoming more frequent so I see them more often but I have to say not so much in my dog training school I see them a lot as as puppies but then as adult dogs not so often I don't know why it's fascinating thank you I appreciate (laughs) that I recall you had a freebie for our listeners do you mind sharing a little about it of course yeah but I have to say the freebie is not about scavenging. The freebie that I have on my website is about anti-predation stuff. So about if you have a dog that loves to chase, basically. Uh, 
And I think a lot of our listeners might have that problem too. What I have on my website currently is the stalking game, which Ooh. is a game for dogs that like to watch things. For example, watch moving other animals, moving yes. animals. So, for example, birds or wildlife, deer, Burles. rabbits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what the problem that we dog owners have with this behavior is that the dogs are often very impulsive. So they see something and they run off. They chase straight away. And uh, this leaves us with always walking around highly alert. Is there something to hunt? Yes or no? And the stalking game is the first step of teaching the dogs calmness and impulse control in the presence of wildlife. So mm. that big game is that, the big goal, sorry, is that your dog instead of impulsively chasing off, stands and watches this other animal. And this buys you time to put your dog on a leash or to redirect or, yeah, simply to react. Yeah. And the first step is taught with a nice little game that lots of dogs enjoy, which is called the stalking game, where you basically teach your dog to hunt with their eyes, not mm -hmm. with their feet, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that does make sense. I will put the link to that in our show notes so our listeners can download that freebie. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Doodle Pro Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And I invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Doodle Pro for behind the scenes peeks at all of the adorable doodles I work with daily.